Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles Chuck Thompson, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, in the morning time. It is a.m., our time yes, right now. Yes. I counted back It's even my head. more morning in, on the West Coast. It is. So. Super morning podcast right now for a lot of people around yeah. the world. If you're in Hawaii, you're like, oh, my God. My alarm hasn't even gone off yet. You said that just like Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I'm part Hawaiian, so <laughs> I say it properly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're part all kinds of I'm things. I'm part everything. <laughs> That's right. And I, unfortunately, I'm not really enough disadvantaged groups. Um, that that would have been nicer, I guess. I'm disadvantaged at one point in time in history, you know, but no one cares about that. Right. No one cares about my people bombing my people or my people putting my people in, in camps. Or anything like yeah. that. No one cares. It's basically a lot of internal struggle I've had to deal with. But your people also wrote The Art of War. Yeah, my people did everything. So what's <laughs> up? How's it going? It is, is it? No, it's Thursday. But that's, you know, that's what opposite of what we talked about yesterday. Yesterday was about individuality. Today, you're you're on this group talk. But the good news is, today, I'll tell you what today is, Nate. Today is Blue Shirt Thursday. <laughs> If, you, if you're it's on Thursday, part of, that's right. If you're part of the live group, you'll see both of us have blue shirts, which is uh, it's an ongoing inside joke. And you're going to have to join Patreon to get inside of that joke because it's hilarious. <laughs> and you can do that by going to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. That's patreon.com slash good morning liberty. And yes, it's not free. OK, what do you guys think? The, the podcast is free. OK, the, for, to get some extras like the live show. You know, yesterday we ran it for everyone to give you a sneak preview of how awesome it is. And uh, we had quite a few uh, few viewers on there, so that was it's nice. It's way more fun when it's just the Patreon, by the way. But when it's yeah, we had <laughs> when it's Patreon, there's all kinds of inside jokes going yeah. on in here, and so do I that. Can tell Patreon. everyone had their had everything kind of tampered down yesterday, yeah. you know, kind of holding back a little bit. Right, you guys in the live group right now. I mean, we get canceled for some of this stuff <laughs> for sure. So yeah. it's it's a lot more fun like this. So hey, sign up. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. And then the second thing you need to do before we can go any further. I mean, I can't go further. No, unless I won't you, let you. Unless you subscribe. Yeah. So let's give everybody a moment to subscribe to this podcast. Just like 96% of the real people out there subscribe to this podcast. There's the other, the, the other four percent, you know, we don't talk to those people, but 96% of people, that's a big number. All right, I know a lot of people, and that's really big. Yeah, and they're great, and you love them, and they're tremendous people. Exactly, and you know they're not nasty so, like Kamala Harris. They're good. They're good people. God. You know, that's what he said. So let's give them a chance. Yeah, everyone, hit that button. Nice. That should be plenty right. of time to hit. Thank you thank so you much for, for subscribing. Doing yeah. Wow, what a great group of people. I guess we can continue. Yeah. Hey, what's what's on the docket? Well, we're going to call it a docket. It's a docket. Officially, I named this docket is a docket. It's not a dossier. It's a docket. Yeah. Okay. This one's real. And so we're going to be talking about some of a little bit about Kamala Harris for a minute, but I don't want to I don't want to go too far into it because you guys have heard plenty of people talk about it. We had a an amazing guest on the podcast yesterday, so we didn't get to just put Kamala Harris down for a whole hour like everyone else did yesterday. Um, so we don't really, you guys have already heard plenty of that. And by the way, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode, we had a great interview 
with Rob Chatfield, who is the president of Free to Choose. And CEO. President and CEO. He got both of those titles, you know, nudged everyone else out of the way. <laughs> but no, really cool guy. He's a musician. So we got to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it was a really good conversation. We were super honored to have the person who runs Free to Choose. I mean, I've been watching Free to Choose for a long time. That's where you found the great Milton Friedman. Ever you since know? you were sucking your thumb back, they did, <laughs> back in the day. They did the Walter Williams documentary, The Suffer No Fools. They've got a Thomas Sowell documentary uh, called Common Sense in a Senseless World that is coming out uh, at the beginning of the next year. Like To even be talking to the person who is in charge of all of that, I felt, I felt just a little bit more connected to Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams and Rob was really cool too. And it gave you a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. Yeah. Because they're like still... the flag stick in the, in the hole in golf. You yeah. Know? Just a little bit of hope. Just so you get a tiny bit of hope. <laughs> <laughs> so go back and listen to that because listen, the guy's not just running the media company. He's got all the great ideas too, as it would obviously take someone who has all those great ideas to be running a company like Free to Choose. A really, really good conversation. And uh, we're going to be having them back on sometime. So anyway, we are going to, we'll say a little bit about Kamala Harris. And it's not just about her record on criminal justice or anything like that. We all, we all know what the record is. She is a prosecutor's prosecutor. Okay. You guys know those prosecutors that just, they live for putting, for finding people guilty and putting them in jail. Regardless of what the regardless facts of what it is like they pick a person and they will do anything they can to make sure that that person goes to prison yeah. doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Let's get a conviction. Their conviction She's, rate. She is a prosecutor's prosecutor. And it is insane that in today's day and age in 2020, with all the riots and everything we've had going on, that's how you can tell it's not really about criminal justice reform. It's not really about abolishing the police or defunding the police or anything like that. This is about tearing down the whole system that we all live in and starting back from zero. That's that's what the riots are actually. They started with people being legitimately mad about a terrible thing that happened and other th terrible things that happened. We could have had a few more riots that were based on Breonna Taylor, possibly. That could have been nice. I, I still had not seen any arrest warrants for any of the people that murdered her. So that, that would be something we could consider. But anyway, in 2020, to be putting up Joe Biden, who wrote the damn bill in 1994, the crime bill, which put, I don't know how many people in prison, especially minorities, especially drug convictions, things like that. And then Kamala Harris, who just has an atrocious record as a prosecutor, well, a good record for a prosecutor. <laughs> yeah, <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, she's. I a, think her conviction rate's up around ninety six percent too. <laughs> a, a, she's a great prosecutor. If the, if your job is to find someone guilty and put them in prison, uh, then she is a great prosecutor for sure. Uh, but laughing about the whole marijuana use thing after you put fifteen hundred people in jail, just like Tulsi said, and holding back exculpatory evidence uh, from people who are even on death row. Things like, like, I don't know how you sleep at night. And the main way you can sleep at night is that she's probably a sociopath or a Machiavellian, even something like that. Mm. She's got one of the, them creepy laughs, you know? Yeah. You can always tell, you know, you remember Hil Hillary Clinton's laugh. You can just tell, okay, she's going to kill Joe Biden in his sleep. All right. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I don't think she'll even have to do that. No. 
think he, he's going to pass peacefully. Yes. <laughs> mostly peaceful. Yeah, mostly peaceful. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, anyway. The one thing I want to say is that Kamala Harris has plenty of things to slam her about. With le- You can leave out her race and her sex and all of that. And she is, there's plenty. No, of, you can't leave that out. But there's plenty. Yeah. To slam her about. You would only do that, though, because of her race and her sex. Right. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason why. <laughs> Now, what's hilarious is Biden was looking for a vice presidential candidate that aligned with his values. And don't forget where sleepy Joe Biden came from. Okay, 1994 crime bill. um, He's said plenty of racist things, and uh, he's all about putting people in prison, too. He's tough on crime. And so why not add a prosecutor's prosecutor who who happens to be a woman and black and Asian? Let's be serious, though. Joe Biden's number one goal right now is don't die. Like, that's that's the number one <laughs> yeah. thing. And she aligns with that because she's very much not dead. So she she fits his bill for people who aren't close to death. And listen, I'm sorry. I don't want anyone's grandparents to die or anything like that. I don't even want Joe Biden to die, so to speak. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But the dude, I mean, come on. If they win, Kamala Harris is going to be president sometime in 2021, 2022. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he's actually alive right now. <laughs> they cure, there's someone inside him working him with the machine. <laughs> like That's what's happening. The political parties have invented a way to keep a person mobile yeah. for at least another year. We know they've at least invented that pill. And the problem is the robot has a virus. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't cured yet. <laughs> yeah. Problem is the brain keeps dying even as the body keeps moving. Right. Which is, you know, just a natural occurrence. So anyway, um, as I said, we're not going to be talking about Kamala Harris <laughs> or, her, or her past as a prosecutor or anything like that. So let's talk about her race and her sex for a minute because that's what we all have to focus on. That way we can't talk about her yeah. past. All right, so that's the most important thing. This is from well, and you see, this is a great move that the left has played all the mm-hmm. time. You remember when they put, they put up uh, Greta Thunberg? You know, you can't yeah. say anything bad about what she has to say because she's just a little girl. Yep. Um, and who else? They've put up all kinds of people where you're you're just who did Bernie Sanders put up not that long ago? And they they do this so that you're not allowed to say anything bad about the person whatsoever. You can't talk about their record or anything like that because they fit a certain identity uh where they are immune from attack and if you do attack them even if it's just based on their policy well you're just nothing more than a machiavellianist (laughs) social or machiavellianist misogynist bigot yeah and for those of you who don't know because we didn't know a week ago i had never really heard anyone say the word machiavellian before but it's basically a sociopath that has a more long-term goal that's Pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. Sociopath would be, or a, a sorry, a narcissist. My yes. bad. A narcissist who has a more long-term goal. So um, a narcissist. A really, really, really smart narcissist. Yes. Very <laughs> reserved and tactful yeah. is what they that would be. They see like 20, 30 years in the future. <laughs> so this is from Slate.com, a very reputable publication that you can find at your major news outlets these days. We have never seen a nominee like Kamala Harris before. You shouldn't end your sentence like that, by the way. You wouldn't have to say before. Is that a preposition? Possibly. You wouldn't <laughs> have to say before. Like if you just said we've never seen a nominee like Kamala Harris, before is implied because you just said we've never seen a nominee. Right. Meaning before. In pro- anyway. In sorry. proper English, you yeah. can't use before at the end of a sentence. Yeah. So like you wouldn't say where are we going to? 
before. You know, you wouldn't say, well, I'm just saying there's another, where are we going to? Yeah. You don't say two at the end of that sentence. Where yeah. are we going takes care of the problem. You're welcome, Mom. There you go. Okay, black women don't get these gigs. Coming out swinging automatically. On Tuesday, former VP Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee for president, selected Senator Kamala Harris. Is he Harris. now the Democratic nominee? I, I think he's still presumptive nominee. To yeah, tell they, the I truth. mean, they haven't had the convention yet. The convention is uh, next week, I think, because I saw AOC uh, crying about the fact that she only gets to talk for a minute. So she's just, got a one minute time yeah, slot. Yeah. Two, I, thank God. <laughs> thank God. The significance of this decision cannot be overstated. Harris is the first black woman, the first Asian woman, and the first graduate of a historically black university to be selected. These are all things that we have to check off the box. The first graduate of a historically black university to be selected as a running mate for a major party candidate. And should the ticket be successful in November, should be the first woman with such a multifaceted identity to ever be elected vice president. Mm. Oh, it's such a big deal. You guys know that just like not even four years ago, we had a we had a black president, you know, right. like the main the main top notch job. But he right was there. a cisgendered male, Nate. Yeah. So and he was only half black. Right. So, so still kind of oppressive, I guess. Just a little <laughs> bit more oppressive. OK, so um, I'm not and I don't go think over. he was any Asian in there. I don't think he had any Asian, in a severe lack of Asian Asianity. Yeah. <laughs> Asianism. You see how they. <laughs> Do you see this, where they go with this? I know. This is where you got to go. It's just insane. Because this person even talks about eventually, how her record is not good. Eventually, and... Kamala Harris will not be enough. Yeah. Because she, she's not going to be minority enough. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually, because oh, we had Kamala Harris, but this is the first 100% black woman that didn't go to college <laughs> that, the, that's going to be vice president. Right. Okay. Uh, why didn't we just pick Lieutenant Tammy? Come on. <laughs> Women who were white won vice presidential nominations and a presidential nomination. A black man was elected president, yet black women, the backbone of the Democratic Party electorate, have been excluded. Can I'm sorry. Can I get some numbers? I'm not trying to say anything negative about black women and how they vote, but are we maybe exaggerating just a little bit here, potentially? The... What percentage do you have to have to be the backbone of a major party's electorate? The entire population of the United States, there's 13% black people as a whole. Yeah. And it's like 7.8, maybe close to 8% black women. Yeah. So but they're the backbone. You're telling of the me Democratic that party elect electorate out of, <clears throat> I mean, you can't even in the last election, there was what? 65 million votes for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And so, even eight, let's go 8% on the high end there of 13%. What's 8% of 65 million? I uh, can't math very well. It's something it's, like 5 million or something. That's if all the women, yeah. that's if all the women voted. Yeah. And what I want to know about, is if this is the backbone of the Democratic Party electorate, then why is she the first one? <laughs> why haven't they put another one up? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yet women, the backbone of the Democratic electorate, uh, black women, sorry, have been excluded from high-level tickets. They've been excluded. They've been held held down because neither part of our dual identities <laughs> is rooted in privilege. Oh, God. White women are still white, and a black man is still a man. So, you remember, we got to go through our levels. The hierarchy of, of oppressive. Here. The, the, hier the hierarchy of oppression. So, while women are oppressed, white women are still white. And while men are oppressive, oh, black 
you know, a black man is oppressed because he's black, but he's still a man. So now which one goes, is it black men over white women? Never mind the fact that we don't really believe in gender. Yeah. <laughs> Genders don't Just exist. Disregard that yeah. for a second so we can get this point across. Then we'll go back to gender fluidity. Yeah. So. And, and just by the way, if you can't, if you don't believe in gender based on, say, what sexual organs you have, then why would you even believe in race based on what color someone's organ is, their skin? Like, why would you even believe in that? Why isn't that a social construct? Right. Why are you telling me she's black? <laughs> have we have we made sure that she's black? Right. Does she identify yet? as black. I don't know. I haven't heard the words yet. But now Harris still only the third black woman to have run for a major party presidential nomination is officially the vice president. No, no, no. Read that again. Yeah. She is only the third black woman to have run for a major party presidential nomination. Yeah. Now, does that mean all other black women have been excluded from running for president? I don't. This is last time I checked. It took like 250 signatures. This is where we 25 get into that problem of a disproportionate uh, outcome must mean that there was racism that caused it. Yeah. And you, you can't really prove that it was racism that caused it just because there's a different outcome. I assume not everyone is going to have the exact, exact same outcome and exact same percentages and 50, 50 men and women at the thing. But then we actually got to have the same amount of, you know, black men and black women and stuff like that. Like that's just, it's not going to happen. If you have a disproportionate outcome, it's not just an immediate example of the fact that there's racism. Now, I will <laughs> play devil's advocate and say that, of course, women weren't allowed to vote until like 1920, something like that. And then um, and then still until the civil rights movement, there wasn't um, or I guess the Civil War, black people weren't really allowed to vote. So it, black women haven't been allowed to vote or probably run for office since like 1920, somewhere around there. Right. Yeah. Um, so just to play devil's advocate. However, since then, that you can't discount the fact that she's only the third one that's actually tried to run. Yeah. So seems like that matters. Seems like you, there should be more people trying. Yeah. It says uh, she emerged, moreover, from a selection process where Biden was widely understood to be choosing from among a field of black women. So. We all knew, I mean, Biden said for sure he was going to pick a woman and you knew pretty much for sure he was going to pick a black woman. What I want to know is this reminds me of the idea of uh, should we, do you guys think that Kamala Harris is legitimately the best available option in all of the political sphere in the United States to be the vice president of the United States? Or do you think that this was, say, something like an affirmative action pick? Was she actually the best candidate or was she picked because she is a black woman? Do you remember what what Milton Friedman said on the Phil Donahue show? No, I remember he a said, lot of it. You, he said, do you think presidents pick their cabinet based on the uh, the virtues of the person or based yeah. on their political clout? Yeah, <laughs> their political clout. It's their political clout. That's why they're chosen. It's yeah. the viability of, of the potential election. You surround yourself with the people that are going to uh, pass your agenda yeah. to, to get your political agenda across. Not the people who are most actually fit for the job, who are the best available uh, candidates. It's it's 
It's the political clout. And now Republicans do this too, obviously. Oh yeah, all, yes, all people absolutely. Do this. All uh, other than I would say the, I mean the Libertarian Party, if they were going for political clout, I don't. No offense to Spike, I don't think that's who they would have immediately went with. Spike is amazing, and I'm very excited that he's a part of the movement. But you know, Larry Sharp was up there. And there were, you know, there were some other great candidates up there. And if you were specifically going to go with who had the most name recognition and who was going to be best for a combined party ticket, well, having a, a woman doctor and then a black man as the vice president might have been a better combination political ticket for 2020. You know, that, that could have been better, but the Libertarian Party doesn't do things like that. They they vote for the vice president just like they do for the president, right? You know, so it, anyway, I think they're about the only one that doesn't really do this, except for Gary Johnson. Well, and you see, <laughs> and you see that also throughout all of life. I mean, you see that in businesses. You see that in like, look, networking is a big deal, right? You can get a lot of places by who you know, mm-hmm. and 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 think about it. Okay, if I am a boss and I'm looking through a hundred resumes. And I come across one or somebody else within my organization comes up to me and says, Hey, I'm going to vouch for this guy or this gal, whoever it is. And said, Hey, they submitted a resume among the other 100 resumes that you're sifting through. And you're like, they're qualified. I'm going to vouch for them. I know them. I mean, you're it's, it's a reduction in the risk of taking on that employee mm-hmm. yeah. or a reduction in the risk of taking on that cabinet member or whatever it is like, being familiar with someone reduces the risk of hiring someone that could be more qualified. However, you have no idea what their production is going to be. Yeah. So you see this throughout everything. I mean, anything in life, it's, I would say it's another uh, distribution similar to the Pareto distribution. Yeah. It's it, a phenomenon. It is. The more you have, the more you'll get yeah. is, is pretty much what it is. I I just, I, I think all of us listening to this podcast would agree that it would be best if positions at at corporations and positions in politics were picked based on their, I don't know, ability to perform the tasks of that office rather than their ability to help that person get elected. Or if it's a corporation, their ability to not get a fine for not picking the right amount of people or not looking great as a publicly traded company and having the right amount of whatever people out there. I think it, we would all be better off if everyone, every position filled were filled by the best available person for that position. Right. And you can't, can you really make the argument that we'd be better off if the best available people were not filling the best available positions? Like, how do you make that argument? I don't understand, but that's the argument that we're really making here. I don't know if anyone would actually say that Kamala Harris was legitimately number two in line and the number two best person, and that's who should be the vice president. Everyone knows that she was picked because she's a woman and she's at least partially black so far that we know of. I don't think she's lying about it like Warden Warren or anything like that. So, right. Anyway, we'll get through but the rest of this. But on the flip side, I mean, you know, if I, if I would have sifted through all of the available qualified co-hosts for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I still would have won because of that uh, networking connection. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you just happen to be my best friend and pretty good at podcasting. <laughs> yeah. 
And I started the podcast. Also, yeah, you came up with the name. Yeah. Came up well, with no, name. you started the... Well, it was your idea to do a podcast. Yes. It was my idea to do the page. Good and, morning, and Liberty. And the name. Yeah. 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 So... We, we, it was a good pivot. Team effort. Team we effort. We work together. See? See how that works? <laughs> it's a remarkable <laughs> shift in our electoral politics, and one to which many women of color, black ones in particular, have been looking forward. Now, see, she's she's done so much better with, with the proper use of prepositions and, say looking forward and queens to. and queens english <laughs> during during the rest of the article <laughs> and one to which many people have been looking forward there you go queen speak as i watch the reactions unfold online i wonder if the undebatable historical significance of this moment will overshadow the litany of concerns about harris's political record and her reluctance to fully address them or if the inverse will occur instead and the criticisms will get lost in the moment. Neither option feels right, or as if it properly speaks to this occasion. First, while worthy of recognition, do not bear the totality of significance. Thank you. This is unfortunately at the end of the article. Even so, as I wrestle with this announcement on my own political analysis of Harris, I keep circling back to a premise that seems a bit more simple than this. Harris is a riveting choice who either makes people feel grounded in their politics Provoke, provokes visceral opposition and is going to live past 2021. <laughs> I added that last part. Yeah, in the there. last part's yeah. in there. Yeah. So I think this is important because the, at least I feel like the author's being honest here mm -hmm. and they're saying that, you know, they're admitting here. I wonder if the undebatable historical significance of this moment. So essentially admitting that they know that people are going to make this moment, this pick undebatable um and if that will overshadow the litany of concerns about harris's political record it absolutely will yeah it absolutely will now, i still don't think even if you set out and you said we're going to form a presidential ticket that is going to be the most likely chance of getting elected and i don't care whether or not the people can do the job i still don't think that kamala harris was the best person to put on that ticket I think I think you know Lieutenant Tammy could have been pretty good, or um, Susan Rice. I don't think anyone would have cared about the lies that she had told before. I don't think anyone would have cared about that whatsoever. So I, I think there were better options for people. I mean, look at where we're at right now. We're we got riots in the streets. People talking about criminal justice reform, abolishing the police, and got a ticket that's got the guy that wrote the 1994 crime bill, and he was probably too old to write it then. <laughs> and then we got Kamala Harris, a prosecutor with a terrible record of criminal injustice. And they're the ticket for the party that says that they're going to reform the policing system. They made the policing system. It's their system. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> How much more ridiculous government kind of BS could this be? Pick, the, pick the people who built the system to reform it. And then they'll probably win. I know. <laughs> I know. That's the crazy part. That's... <laughs> Where, where do we live is this earth by the way if if i were trump i now i strictly on political lines and i'm gonna i want this to be done anyway but if i were trump i would go ahead and exonerate every single person who is in prison for a nonviolent crime every single person before the election Especially all of those who were put in prison by yeah. Kamala Harris. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is a good yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, that's even start with those. Right. He needs now, to. Now, Trump made a big, big mistake because I watched the press conference the other day and there was actually a, a reporter who was trying to ask him about Harris's record. Yeah. And he was trying to say, 
hey, remember when she laughed about and she's put over 1,500 people in, in jail for marijuana and she laughed about this and whatever. He like threw the softball up in this press conference for him to hit it out of the park. Yeah. And Trump struck out because he goes, Kamala, she lies. Yeah. She's she nasty. She's nasty. She lies about everything. She's told more lies than even we knew thought possible was about lying. <laughs> she's lying now, even though she's not speaking. Yeah. It's, that's, that's all he did. And I'm like, wait, hang on a second. And I'm wondering if he's scared to talk about that because he might lose his evangelical base. Who's probably still against marijuana in the Bible belt. Yeah. So it's like, he's like towing a fine line between being hard on her terrible uh, criminal justice record, uh, but also not trying to alienate his, his, you know, Bible belt crowd. Yeah. Uh, who are still heavily against the devil's marijuana, you know, <laughs> the devil's plant. Yeah. The devil's plant. <laughs> I think is full of demons. Yeah. Um, I, I do. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like he failed. If I yeah. were Trump and I lost, by the way, I would still pardon like every single person I could. And a lot of presidents do. Before you, you left this. office. Before I leave office. I think that would be amazing. If he if he's going out of office, everyone's going to you know be like, good riddance, we hate you, you're a terrible person. And I think just the last show of, Ooh, pardon Snowden. of how good I am or whatever, if I were him, is to pardon everyone who is in prison for a drug conviction that is nonviolent where they didn't assault someone or yeah. something like that whatever which is what nonviolent means to totally guys, pardon snowden i don't think he's going to do that that'd be amazing no, snowden's probably got a bunch of dirt on trump i would say <laughs> probably got his laptop on right I'm just now saying, i'm 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 just wishing yeah wishful thinking <laughs> all right all right charlie tell us about the ruling against uber and then we'll talk about uber's response after that um this this conversation cuts deep because I actually drove uh, for Uber off and on when I was uh, back doing all the music stuff. And then when I first got done with all the music stuff, I actually drove for Uber for, I don't know, like six months. It was my main job, I would say. And then I did it off and on when we first, um, maybe like a couple of years ago, I was, I was doing it off and on. And uh, I've even considered going back and doing it off and on. I was saying earlier today, but I like doing the food delivery part of it because you don't really have to talk to anyone all day. You can just sit in your car and ride around and listen to your books and and be making a little bit of money while you're doing that. And so that, you know, if I wasn't trading all day, I feel like I'd just drive around delivering food all day. But now, if I were in California, I wouldn't really have that option to just decide whether or not I was going to do that. Mm-mm. So they were not free to choose when it comes to this. This coming from Reason Magazine. What a great place to go check those guys out at Reason.com. <clears throat> San Francisco judge rules drivers, which how does a judge get to rule this? I don't know. Drivers with ride sharing companies are employees. Uber warns it'll have to raise prices by as much as 111%. Not only that, they're talking about they're not going to be able to operate. Yeah, that's what the next article is yeah. about. So San Francisco judge ruled Monday that Uber and Lyft must classify their drivers as employees, a monumentous decision, uh, sorry, a momentous decision uh, that potentially puts companies on the hook for providing extensive benefits to these workers, including overtime pay and health insurance. The decision came in response to a lawsuit filed back in May by California Attorney General Xavier Becerra. He, alongside the city attorneys from Los Angeles, San Diego, and San Francisco, argued that companies were misclassifying their drivers as independent contractors under the state's recently passed assembly bill. Um, Jesus. And now why? 
would these cities be upset that Uber would classify their drivers as independent contractors? Uh, because of the taxi unions. <laughs> well, the unions, the unions. and, and they, they're missing out on tax revenue. Yeah. Right. Because they're not getting um, the unemployment insurance and those types of things that the state and those local municipalities still, would get. As a 1099, you'd have to pay some of that. But what a lot of people don't know is you get the write off so many things as an mm -hmm. Uber driver, depreciation on your vehicle, the mileage that you drive, expenses for gas, the expenses for your phone, the expenses for your phone plan, uh, cleaning your car, everything. When I was doing the Uber driving, I did not owe any taxes. And in fact, the year I bought a new car, I got like a $3,000, uh, like we got like three grand added on because I bought a new car and I was using it to drive for Uber. It makes me want to buy a new car every year, you know, <laughs> which people do. Yeah. That law, which went into effect in January, set out three requirements that a worker would have to meet in order to be considered an independent contractor. This ABC test requires that a contractor be a free from the control of the entity hiring them b be performing work outside the scope of the entity hiring them what i know how does that make any this, sense this doesn't apply anywhere and c be customarily engaged in the kind of work they are being hired to perform well how, doesn't c negate b it's it's ridiculous. how can you be customarily engaged in the kind of work they are being hired to perform if you are required to be performing work outside the scope of the entity hiring, it's, how does that make any sense? And a <clears throat> free from control of the entity hiring them. And here's what they say is control. And we've talked about this before, because I know this as an Uber driver, you have to the former Uber driver, you have to keep a certain rating on Uber to be able to keep driving. And what people have gotten mad about is as they continue to get really terrible reviews, they're no longer allowed to take rides on the app anymore. And people have equated that with basically getting fired by Uber or being controlled by them. And that, that is not the same thing whatsoever. If you are hiring an independent contractor for anything and they, they typically do a bad job and you hear either from yourself or from customers, if you were booking a job and you were a middleman in that point, and you hear that they consistently do a bad job, like if you're a general contractor on a construction site and you hire a drywall person to come in and do drywall, and they do pretty good at first, and then you keep hiring them for jobs, keep bringing them in, telling them how much they're gonna make per drywall board, which is what everyone does. You don't pay them per hour and stuff like that. You say, here's how many drywall boards you're gonna put up. And so here's what your flat rate is. If you paid them per hour, by the way, it would take about 10 times as long. Um, so that's not the same thing as someone being hired because if that person starts doing a terrible job and you're the customers that are going to you to, to find someone to do drywall and you decide, you know, they do a ter terrible job, the customers aren't happy and you stop asking them to come do jobs, even though a customer has asked you to find someone to do drywall, that's not the same thing as firing someone. It's, it's really not. If you think about it, it makes no sense whatsoever. If you're a contractor and you consistently do a terrible job at your job, the person hiring the contractor to come perform a service does not have to keep hiring you to come perform that service. Right. Where, where's the incentive structure here? You, can, you can't be forced to, to constantly pick people to perform a job that have in the past consistently done a terrible job for you. 
That's what this is saying, that you can't get rid of that person or you can't hire someone else instead, which is what Uber does, because it's not as if the person doesn't get a ride. They just get a ride from someone who doesn't suck <laughs> or sucks less, right. more, more so these days. So that's what actually happens when you go through this process and saying that because you switched to hiring someone else for that job instead of going with that person does not mean that person got fired. It just means you're not going to ask them to perform that job anymore. You can't, I don't know how to make it any more clear than that. That does not mean that you're an employee of the company. It means you suck at your job. <laughs> That's what it means. It means you as an independent contractor or business or whatever you are, suck at your job. And it, we don't want to give you any more rights. No. It's like you, I mean, you work on contract pay yeah. right now. I work on contract pay right now. There's no contract, but 1099, you work on, are you 1099 or are you? It's corp to corp okay. payments. But if but. they don't hire you or they don't ask your company to perform a service at the end of your contract, it doesn't mean they fired you. It means they decided to either just not have that service anymore, or they went with someone else who was a little bit cheaper, or they didn't like what you did or something like that. And you're corp is not getting hired anymore and if i'm no longer going to be doing you know the podcast and all this stuff doesn't mean i got fired it means i didn't do a good enough job and my business did not perform the tasks i'm glad you mentioned it <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so the, uh, uber and lyft have argued that their drivers can be considered contractors under this abc test because they are technology companies connecting riders to drivers, not transportation companies hiring drivers to perform rides. It was an argument that San Francisco Superior Court Judge Ethan Shulman flatly rejected. Quote, defendants insistence that their businesses are multi-sided platforms rather than transportation companies is flatly inconsistent with the statutory provisions that govern their businesses as transportation network companies, wrote Shulman. It also flies in the face of economic reality and common sense. How? Sam said, hashtag Chuck, please don't fire Nate. <laughs> uh. The ruling has provoked a backlash from Lyft and Uber, who argue that the vast majority of their drivers prefer the flexibility that comes with being independent contractors and that having mm. to classify drivers as drivers as employees will dramatically increase the cost of rides. Quote, which obviously the government doesn't care about. They don't care about that. Quote, drivers do not want to be employees, full stop, will immediately appeal this ruling and continue to fight for their independence. Ultimately, we believe this issue will be decided by California voters and that they will side with drivers, said a Lyft spokesperson to Business Insider. Should drivers be classified as employees? Uber would only have full-time jobs for a small fraction of our current drivers and only be able to operate in many fewer cities than today, wrote Uber CEO Dara... Good luck. K. Dara K. Dara K. Kasaraskishai <laughs> in a Monday op-ed for the <laughs> in a Monday op-ed for the New York Times. Rides would be more expensive, which would which would significantly reduce the number of rides people could take and in turn the number of drivers needed to provide those trips. Which would just make them a taxi company. Yeah. This is why and do you guys remember This is why Uber got so big. Right. Specifically because, because people of this. hated taxis. <laughs> it was the way that Uber operates is why they got so big and not just as a company. They've never even freaking profited any money as a company. They had the they have they're trying to buy DoorDash because DoorDash is actually profitable. 
They're trying to get some positive money on their books. They've never actually been profitable. It's just VCs value them at a high number and people in the stock market value their stock at a certain price. So they're not even profitable to begin with. They lose money on every single trip that the people give. And the reason they got so big was because of the fact that the people aren't employees. That's why I went and did driving for Uber. If Uber, if this were the case over the whole U.S., like, I'm not going to be considering going to drive for Uber. The whole point is that you get to pick when you work. And if you want to go home, you can go home. And if you want to stay and work more, you can work more. If your kid's sick, you can stay home. If you don't want to take a trip, don't don't take the trip. And if you do that too many times, they'll stop sending you trips. But that makes sense also. Once again, if you're if you're a general contractor and you're trying to hire, hire a drywall company and you get a, a, a lot of jobs and every time you call the drywall company, they say, no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I don't want that. No, I don't want that. You're going to switch to another freaking drywall company because this person just kept saying, no, they don't want it. So you're just going to switch to someone else. Yeah. And they have to because their algorithms tell people how far away a driver is. And if you consistently don't take trips, then it messes up their whole system because they're calculating how many times until this person can arrive, you can get a trip in eight minutes. Well, they're calculating it based on the fact that your car is close. And if you consistently don't take trips, then it messes up the whole system where people are trying to judge how soon they can get a trip. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, in the cities, Todd makes a good point here that they charge taxi companies significantly for the medallions. Yeah. So they're missing out on that revenue and that's what they want to do. They don't care if it actually hurts the consumers. They don't care if you have a worse experience, a more expensive experience. They don't care about any of that. They would harm the poor to get their tax money. Yeah, that's what it's about. So just another reason how government really actually doesn't care about you Mm -hmm. at all. Um, the Uber economist Allison Stein estimated the prices for rides would have to rise between 25 to 111% across California to cover the cost of providing employee benefits to all drivers on the platform with the highest price spikes coming in less dense areas of the state. AB5 has caused no shortage of disruption and pain for many freelancers because this doesn't apply just to Uber. It's yeah. all contractors who've lost work or been forced into less flexible working arrangements because of their newfound classification as employees. This has actually been an issue, uh, say, like in L.A. with people who play music, things like that. Not so much right now. But if you're someone who's just, say, gigging, going around playing music at a bar or playing for a band that's paying you out and things like that, you, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do it. They're going to have to hire you as an employee, which is what a lot of bars in Nashville already do a lot of people don't know that but i've been sounding the i when i was an uber driver i i broke the bubble for everyone and they were like oh what band's playing there the night and i was like oh the same one plays there every other night yeah and uh, the 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 restaurants and bars keep the same people on staff like they're scheduling a kitchen like they'll say here's our guitar players here's our bass players but they don't pay them here's our drummers the establishment doesn't here's, pay them well there's a there's a company that that puts all that together for them. Mm. Well, I, I know several people that do it. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say my buddies that do it, it's all tips. Yeah. Well, your buddies suck. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just got signed. I so I don't know. The Florida no, Georgia they, line. What they do the at songs. several bars uh, downtown, like at Tin Roof and some places like that, is they have, here's our guitar players. Now they do have a players. set schedule. Yeah. Here's our drummers, and they will arrange people on the schedule like they're scheduling a kitchen to work on a night. And you'll look on your schedule and see, oh, I'm scheduled for this, this, and yeah. this night. Now, they and don't cook any of the food. No, 
Yeah, no, they don't. Music. You don't want a guitar player or a bass player, especially, cooking your food. Yeah. And don't even talk about the drummer. The place will be on fire. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, this is this is not good. And uh, oh, the follow up to this: Uber may shut down in California, force to classify drivers as employees. So they're already appealing this. This is just going to be in court for a long time. Right. Um, they'll they'll have to keep it in court. So this was already a vote, and the vote went through. And now they've been appealing it, and the judge ruled that they have to do it, and now they're appealing that ruling, and I don't know how many appeals they'll get to have, what the process is for that, but they're already appealing it, and so they're not doing it yet. It says, Uber may shut down its operations in California, one of its largest markets in the U.S. Time to go short on Uber. If it is forced to classify drivers as employees, that was not legitimate stock advice, I have not looked at their stock in a little bit. The company's CEO, Dara Kay, said on MSNBC Wednesday, Earlier this week, Uber and Lyft were ordered by California. We just talked about that. But if their appeal fails, Uber may have to close up shop in California, Dara Kay said. She said, if the court doesn't reconsider, then in California, it's hard to believe we'll be able to switch our model to full-time employment quickly. So they're going to have to close up until they figure out how the heck they're going to organize the whole thing. And that it's not going to be good. It's going to equal a lot more expensive trips. <laughs> So they went to raising their prices to even if we do raise our prices, that's going to equate to less trips, which is we're going to lose even more money than we're already losing. Yeah. So it's not sustainable. And that's <laughs> what they're saying. It's it's literally just not sustainable whatsoever. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it could be any more clear. No. About how much government doesn't care about you. I, I would love to see a poll of the majority of Uber drivers because we know that a a very loud minority of people these days can get... Especially the ones who suck. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. I mean, unions specialize in... What did Milton Freeman said? He said there's two kinds of workers uh, that unions um, protect. protect. And it's it's workers who would not have been employed otherwise and, and the, the union executives. And the union executives. <laughs> and those are the people that unions protect. Yeah. And, and that's very true. Like the unions... I'm not saying they should be outlawed, but they're not free market. Okay, you if you suck at your job, you should be able to be fired. Look at the education system for a really good example. Look at how much people obviously hated taxi cabs. People flocked to Uber and Lyft as soon as they as soon as they came into the market. People just jumped all over it. And this is something that taxi unions can't do because unions really can't fire people. You, you just really can't do it. I mean, sure, you can fire people if they do something bad enough. You can literally go to court if the union fires you. It's insane, the process trying to fire a union member. So I do believe that unions are really big behind this. I think that's where a big push is coming from to a lot of the politicians here. I think if you polled Uber drivers, I don't think they would like this. Only the portion of the Uber drivers who suck would actually like this. Because, I mean, any time I drove for Uber, my, my average, it didn't seem to matter. It was about $22 an hour is what it came out to. And you write off so much stuff, you really don't even pay any taxes. You write off your gas. And so the, I, I saw no problem with averaging 22 bucks an hour all the time. And even if it was 15 an hour, even if it was 12 an hour that you come out with, you get to pick your own schedule. You can work like this is the true free market, as one of our listeners said earlier. This is the true free market. If you need to work more and make more money, you can work more and make more money. That's the beauty of Uber. If you need to pay a bill, you can go drive all night and then cash out the money at the end of the night and it's in your bank account. 
It's true free market. That's why it blew up so fast. We accidentally had a free market for a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. We had a free market. A free market idea. They were even willing to lose money for their entire existence so far. They're not even profiting off of the trips yet. And so it, it's been crazy. But this, this, this guaranteeing overtime pay for people, all that's going to mean is that you're not going to be able to work overtime. They won't schedule you overtime. Yeah. You won't be able to log on to the app if you've worked more than a certain amount of hours. And if they uh, officially qualify... Uh, full time as 35 hours is I think is what the qualification is for say Obamacare and stuff like that. You won't be able to work more than 35 hours and you're going to be limited to less trips because the rides are going to get more expensive and people are not going to use the platform as much. So the drivers are going to suffer and the riders are going to suffer and the unions and the politicians are going to benefit. Yep. And that's it. You might have a small number of drivers who benefit from this. At, at the detriment to like 600,000 other drivers that are going to do terribly from this. Rob says he has a buddy who teaches Chinese kids English online, and the company straight up said that they aren't hiring anyone in California after this came out. Yeah. This is hurting all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I've seen things for freelance writers, for uh, online publications and all that, the people based out of those areas, uh, any of your news sites that are based out of there, that's the same thing. You can't just hire a freelance writer. Oh, hey, here's an article. I'll pay you I'll pay you two hundred bucks for the article because I like it. You can't just do that. They gotta they're gonna have to be an employee. And you don't want them as an employee because if they suck, you might end up having to pay for all kinds of stuff you don't want. You're not gonna be able to really make any profit off of them. They don't want to be an employee or they wouldn't be a freelance writer. They'd already be an employee somewhere. So it's just, it's hard to find a large group of people that this is going to benefit, but it's really easy to find a large group of people that this is going to hurt for it's, sure. Yeah. That's so ridiculous, man. That's ridiculous. So that's really the last article that we got. We got a quick episode today. Uh, the Uber thing was the thing I wanted to talk about the most because I have a lot of experience. I, I mean, I didn't do it all the time. I've done a thousand trips as an Uber driver and about 300 trips as a Lyft driver. And my rating is 5.99. Mm, no, 4.99. I was going to say, you went, a little high. You went so, a little too high there. A little bit, little bit too much. Um, 4.99, meaning I was overly nice to everyone all the time. And I always had bottles of water in my car. I literally wiped down my car between trips. I would stop. I had a membership at a car wash, and I would vacuum my car every single morning before I started driving. And so I would always keep it clean. I would keep gum in the back seat. I had a playlist of very agreeable songs that I would play when someone was in the car and people recognized that. And my goal there was to be the best Uber driver that there was out there. And I've talked about this a lot. You can find some type of meaning in any type of job because saying, oh, I'm an Uber driver. It's maybe not the most, I don't know, the most glorious thing that you can say. I don't know. But as I put in an order here for IGC, it's, oh, yeah? ma it's maybe not the most glorious thing that you can say, but I took pride in that job because, you know, when people come into town in Nashville and they're on their vacation or they're in for a business trip and they need to go somewhere and they don't want to rent a car, they need someone to take them somewhere. And that goes for every single job. Someone needed food from McDonald's. Someone needed things for their house from Walmart and from Target. Someone that got off the plane at the airport 
needed a ride into town to their hotel and they didn't want to die. They didn't want the car to suck. They wanted to know what places to go in town. They wanted to have a good experience and they didn't want to start their trip off wrong or anything like that. And I tried to make sure that I provided someone the best service possible. So I had really high ratings. I would make a lot of tips all the time. And it was just simply because I was a nice person and I would offer bottles of water. Hardly anyone would ever take it. I would need to buy a case of water like once a month. I'd spend $5 on water every single month. It was the fact that I offered it that mattered. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone would take it. So the, just do that at whatever job you've got out there. Because if you're working within a free market, you are providing a service that someone has decided is valuable to them. And they are going to freely give away some of their money that they gave away some of their life to make. And if they're freely going to give you money, then you just need to make sure that they're that this is going to be worth it to them in whatever way that you can. And that's the mentality I have with that. That's the mentality a lot of people have, but not enough. So that this is very disappointing because when Uber came out, it was very clear that this was the free market right here. People need to make some money. This app, it connects people. I have a car. You need a ride. Freaking beautiful. I can't think of anything more beautiful than that simple fact. And it'll go anywhere too, and by the way. I'll go anywhere. I took someone three hours one time. Yeah. So weird. So weird. The guy sat in the front seat for three hours. I picked him up at midnight at the airport, sat in the front seat for three hours, wouldn't talk to me the entire time. <laughs> nice. I tried several times to start up a conversation. Wouldn't say a word. I was like, dude, at least get in the back seat. Yeah. Come on. You're like, man, my lisp isn't that bad. Yeah. You didn't understand <laughs> me. Come on. He wasn't even yeah. listening to headphones or anything. Just, sitting, just sitting there. there on his phone for three hours. Wow. Wouldn't respond. Like I would ask a question and be like, yeah. Dude, <laughs> lay down in the back seat. Go to sleep. Yeah. Come on. Uh, that's hilarious. I took a guy that hosts uh, Ghost Hunters to a haunted house that was like an hour and a half away. He had just arrived. He was late and missed his car. And um, I was one of those high-rated Uber drivers that got, you know, selective. Uber Select, I think. It was something like that. Yep. I don't know. And so I picked him up. And he was really cool. And he even asked me if I was a writer because he read me his script. He was going over the script. And I did the whole, uh, you know, you already said that in the last sentence. I was like, it's kind of weird to to say that again. And he was like, that's right, man. I'm crossing that off the script right now. He's like, are you a writer? I was like, no, but I, I you know, I saved the Holiday Inn Express last night. So anyway. Yeah. And then you get those drunk girls who, you know, are, are uh, the least, my least favorite passengers for sure. They'll argue about anything. They're, they'll scream at you. You don't even, you want to know what it is and what is it? I took a wrong turn one night and uh, this lady was up in my face screaming at me. And uh, I dropped her off on the side of the road. I ended the trip. I said, see ya. See you yeah. later. I'm out. And uh, well, I if have, you take a wrong turn, you're, you're a predator. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I was just following my GPS and no uh, mistakes. Yeah. It was, uh, and, and uh, one night, the worst case of bad friendship I'd ever seen. Sorry for all the stories, but I can't believe how terrible some people are. Um, This girl who the friends had to carry to my car, they dumped her in my car. She was maybe about 22, something like that. Dumped her in my front seat. She couldn't even walk to my car. She passed out as soon as she got in my car and told me to take her home. And I was like, you better not be friends with those people anymore. I didn't say that because she was passed out, hammered drunk. Yeah, she wouldn't hear you. Yeah. So when I got to her house, I literally had to, I had to wake her up I, and I said, is this your house? 
she was like, I don't know. And I was like, is this your house? And she was like, yeah, let me just go in real quick. And then she passed out again. <laughs> and so I had to go over to the passenger seat and I had to lift her up out of my car and carry her to her front door. Luckily, she didn't puke. I know. Everywhere. Carry her to her front door. And then she walked in the front door and immediately fell over on the floor. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is good. I left. <laughs> you think I'm going to go in some girl's house as right. an Uber driver? Right. No way. Yeah. Ain't no way, no how. No how. I did my job. Yeah. I, I well exceeded my job, yeah. which was carrying a passenger into their house. <laughs> and she didn't even leave you a tip. Oh, I doubt it. No. Yeah. Her friends ordered the trip for her, so... I was like, do her friends know her address? Really? <laughs> I, like, I hope that was her house. Hopefully. Yeah. I need to check back on her. <laughs> anyway, guys. Like if four years ago. Random stories for you guys. If you're interested in learning how to day trade, then go to mastermystonks.com. Had another good day today and uh, just got in a position on IGC. I'm not telling you guys you need to do that, but it came down to my price. I was going to buy that. So here we go. Let's go. And uh, if you're interested in learning some of the strategies that we use every single day, you can go to mastermystonks.com or mastermytrades.com if you don't know how to spell stonks. Honestly, if you don't know how to spell stonks, then you probably shouldn't try to trade stonks. I think that's a general rule. But if, if you can figure out all the lettering, then go to the website. You can go watch us live. We were live up until we started this episode today. Uh, trading live, had some people in there watching us, calling out what trades we were going to make. All that kind of stuff. So you, if you are interested, then go to mastermystonks.com and sign up for that live pre-market so you can watch all day. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, go to patreon.com slash Liberty. Get in on this live group. They are uh, crazy today, which is fun. <laughs> Jeff made a comment that I uh, forgot to mention while you're telling your stories um, from 40-year-old virgin. Oh, Yeah. I'm hungry. Let's get some French toast. French toast. <laughs> Should you be driving right now? I'm fine. That girl came out of nowhere. <laughs> What'd she tell him not to be named? Like, I'm glad your name isn't something because he said, she says like, cause that rhymes with, I don't know, jerk and, and men jerk off. And that's what he says. And that's what he was. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's such a good movie. I love it. I, I say all the time, if I run into something and something, not when I'm driving, but if I run into something in the house or anything like that, I'm like, that or came out of nowhere. <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so please sign up for the for the Patreon group, patreon.com slash Liberty, and then share this show with a friend. If you have somebody who, um, if you've ever taken an Uber ride, how about that? If you've ever taken an Uber or Lyft ride, then uh, your moral obligation for the day today is to share the show. And so if you've never taken a ride, well, then I guess you're off the hook. But if you have taken a ride, share the show with a friend, get this message out there, let people know how much the government doesn't like you. And, uh, you know, and then be involved in things like Young Americans for Liberty and people who are who are, you know, in the trenches, part of the grassroots, you know, trying to make these changes so that we don't have people in government like this to shut down liberty conventions and do all of these types of things. So go watch uh, everything on free to choose. Free to choose.org. Those types of references yeah. are amazing. And I'm not telling you that you have to be a Liberty minded person, but you should be. And, <laughs> and if you guys do all of that, then we will be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning Liberty. Oh crap.